Hey, start out this segment of today's program with the description of a near-death experience. Now, we all know, or some of you know, that at one point, not that long ago, I got hit by lightning. That was, we can consider, a minor near-death experience. What I'm talking about is in the fantasy world, when you have that one next to your name where it says in the column of the guillotine leagues, near-death experiences. Bill Michaels almost got axed because his team sucked this past weekend. The guy that gives me more knowledge than damn near anybody when it comes to a fantasy is our good buddy Paul Charchian joining us on the hotline. Paul, how you been, buddy? Well, I'm good, but you know, you've got to, you and I have reason for worry. Right now, you have the lowest scoring team that's still alive in our guillotine league, and I'm second lowest. So you yeah. and I have got some, uh, you and I have got some ground to make up. Um, I'm looking and pulling up your team right now, and it's, um, you Joe know, Burrow's you can't keep me. starting. You can't keep killing. You can't keep starting Alexander Madison because he's just not, you know, no, nope, he's not playing. Going to do yeah. it for you. Yeah. I got to move him. That's- Godwin's not playing this weekend. Got to get him out of the flex. I got to put Rodgers in at quarterback. All that kind of stuff. I, I got changes yeah. to make. There's no doubt. How about Joe Burrow? I mean, I, you know, we nobody saw this tepid start coming for Joe Burrow, where you know all that new improved offensive line just not gelling yet, and the, the Cincinnati offense has been really inconsistent. You know, uh, you got last week against Dallas, not a great secondary. You got 199 passing yards and one touchdown. That's mm-hmm. not. That, that's not the Joe Burrow that we thought you were going to get when you drafted him. But he gets the Jets this week. And Aaron Rodgers has got Tampa this week. Yeah. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I, I am reluctant to keep Joe Burrow into that starting position, but I think I might. Uh, only for the fact that that, that that front of the defensive front, even without Akeem mm-hmm. Hicks down in Tampa Bay, is still really good. So it is. I'm kind of thinking Joe Burrow can get healthy. My problem is... He's been sacked 13 times and hit 22. Oh, and he's starting uh, to see ghosts, man. Yeah. You know, the problem is, you know, you look at the Bucks. They knocked Dak Prescott out of a game in which he was performing poorly in any way. And then they handled Jameis Winston in week two. I just, I don't, I don't love, I do not, I don't see many points coming in that game either direction. I'd be very, very nervous about starting Aaron Rodgers over Joe Burrow. I think I'd be playing Burrow, but not an obvious call it'll be this yep. it might be the thing that decides whether or not you're on the chopping block or not uh if you got a question for charge call him 877-867-1670 hit us up lucas says i need one in the flex spot deontay johnson t higgins curtis samuel that's lucas listening to us in eau claire wisconsin well it, curtis samuel's been one of the great stories of this year he bounced back beautifully and he's, he's looked fantastic but it's T Higgins against the Jets. I mean, I, I just don't know. To me, you always right. start T Higgins every week. And, you know, his last full four full games going back to the playoffs, he's posted over 70 yards in all of them. He scored three touchdowns in the, in the four games. He's averaging nine targets per game. He's just rock solid. You know, that's uh, I, I you got to give me a great reason not to play T Higgins. My number nine ranked wide receiver. So here's a question I've been waiting to, because Max sent me this, and I went, oh, that, that's a good one. Tom, He's got Tom Brady and Tua. Who does he start? Tua against the Bills, Tom Brady against the Pack without all of his weaponry. Tom Brady's way down at quarterback 16. This is the lowest I can remember ever grading him going into a game. It's bad. And I just, you know, we know that Evans is going to miss this game. Godwin's got a hamstring. Julio Jones has got a knee. 
we're looking at a starting set of receivers that might be Brashad Perryman, Russell Gage, and the just acquired Cole Beasley on you know on five days mm-hmm. with the team. That might be your starting lineup. And the you know the Packers secondary you know other than Justin Jefferson has you know has been has performed well. So yeah, I just I'm I'm out on Brady. I've got. I've got some guys. I got two of five spots higher than where I've got Tom Brady. We're not just chasing last week's box score, obviously. Two has got a tough matchup with Buffalo that I don't love either, but he's got the playmakers. You know, he's got Hill. He's got Jalen Waddle. Brady doesn't have his playmakers on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, who's this one from? This is from Jeff, uh, or no, excuse me, Trent, also listening to us in Eau Claire, says Jeff Wilson or Travis Etten. Uh, Jeff, I, you know, we talked a little bit about Jeff Wilson last week, and he's uh, you know he's his average game as a starter with 15 or more carries, which he always gets 15 or more carries, 110 total yards in a score per game. So you know that's you can't you just the San Francisco starting running back has always got value. Um, Denver has a bottom five rating against the run by Pro Football Focus. So and and Wilson, by the way, just he. They gave this offensive line did a great job run blocking for him last week. He's way up at running back nine this week, so we're starting Jeff Wilson for sure. Um, the other I got one here from Texas. Texas Badger hits us up on the Bud Light live stream. Says uh, Scott Namarillo. He says, "What should I do about Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook? Both have been trashed for the first couple of weeks." Yeah, so let's talk about Dalvin Cook. Um, and and Zeke's, I think Zeke's problems are a little more obvious, right? Bad offensive line, backup quarterback. He's sharing time with Pollard. That's not really going to change. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that makes him a middling starter. And I've got, I got Zeke right now as my number 27 ranked wide receiver for the, or sorry, running back for this week. So it's come to this for Ezekiel Elliott, but cook is more interesting because he's been a, such a good fantasy performer for so long. Um, but he's averaging just 53 rushing yards per game, four yards per carry. He just got outrushed by Kirk Cousins, Dalvin right. Cook did. And here's the really sneaky thing that your listeners need to know and why you should consider potentially even trading Dalvin Cook. The Vikings have run 19 plays from the red zone under new head coach Kevin O'Connell. One carry for Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. 19 plays one carry for Dalvin cook. Now I would be less worried if it didn't, if the Rams didn't do the same thing and Kevin O'Connell came from the Rams, this is the Rams as well. They have the lowest run rate in the league on plays that originated inside the 10 yard line last year. They just don't run the ball near the stripe and cooks missing out on those easy touchdowns, Bill. So the uh, the we, we speaking of running backs, you got uh, the running back Najee Harris. I want to go back to that and, and talk a little bit about the run game because the run game is not as prevalent as we know in fantasy because of the numbers that some of these running backs just aren't putting up. And even Derrick Henry year, gets yeah. stymied uh, every yeah. So now you look oh, at it, you think about a guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because you think of Derrick Henry, you're gonna he's your workhorse. He's gonna be the guy that's 150 yards and a more massive amount of touchdowns and not using him. So you got the Steelers and the Brown and Najee Harris not really working out do all of a sudden they find the run game because when you think about it it, Trubisky sucks and their quarterback situation is a mess does Najee Harris all of a sudden turn around and become the work dog in all of this uh all right well you you touched on so many good things here but you know tonight's game Steelers Browns Mitch Trubisky home opener last week getting booed by his own fans and they're chanting Kenny Pickett's name (laughs) <laughs> right? Nice home opener. 
right? And, you know, you figure any game could be Mitch Trubisky's last, and the Steelers fans are doing exactly what the Bears fans did when they had Stad Trombonski. They're picking (laughs) apart the All-22, and they're showing all of the missed downfield receivers, and it's terrible. He's just his, His vision is so bad, and he's so slow to read defenses. And, and by the way, one more thing that I thought was really funny. His wide receiver, George Pickens, they were asking about some of the struggles in the passing game. And Pickens got like two catches on the year. He said, quote, everybody's getting open. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not what you want your wide receiver saying about your struggling quarterback. So uh, where does this leave uh, Najee Harris? To me, nothing good. I mean, if your quarterback is playing this badly, it, it, the whole input, he takes the whole offense down with it. Harris had 23 rushing yards in the opener, Bill, 49 rushing yards in the second game last week. He's at 2.9 yards per carry. He hasn't scored a touchdown. The foot injury could be holding him back. His offensive line could be holding him back. We know the quarterback is holding him back. And tonight, it's a Cleveland run defense giving up just 57 rushing yards per game. Yuck. I don't like any part of this, and I don't think Najee Harris bounces back tonight with a meaningful game. Let, let me take another step deeper into this Mitch Trubisky thing. Uh, you go to betonline.ag. They took him off the board as the next quarterback to lose their starting job because it's a given. So now the, now the odds, right? Now the odds are when will Kenny Pickett actually start? For the Steelers, week wow. three through five is four to nine. Week six through eight is fourteen to five odds, and weeks ten through seventeen is six to one. So, wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not, he's not even that? on the board anymore. So, I, I was uh, I, I was talking to somebody about this earlier today. You could bet tonight's line. You could take the under on Mitch Trubisky passing yards, which is a two hundred. You take the under, which might hit anyway, but also he could get benched mid game, and now you're definitely under the two hundred passing yards. That might be your way to covertly bet on Mitch, Trubis- Mitch Trubisky being the first quarterback to lose his job by get, having him uh, betting under 200 passing yards tonight. By the way, one more thing on Trubisky. Get this. He admitted to the media he's, the coaching staff doesn't allow him to call audibles. So here he is, a six-year veteran right. who walks up to the line of scrimmage. He sees a defense that clearly has the scheme coming to stop this play. And he can't do anything about it because he's not allowed can't to call it audible. It. Yeah, can't change it. Well, th- at least then at that point in time, he can say when the plays don't work, it's not my fault. At least he's only got that going for him, I guess, more so than yep. anything. But beyond that, yeah, uh, this is yeah. Jim says, uh, Jameis Winston, Russell Wilson, or Garoppolo. Who should I be playing? Winston, uh, uh, give me a Garopp- Winston, Garoppolo, and one other. Win- Winston, Russell Wilson, or Jimmy Garoppolo. I've got Russell Wilson, the highest out of this uh, group. Uh, granted, you know, fortunately for Wilson, who has, he's just been okay, I think. But his head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who you're very familiar with, man, it's not going well. And, you know, the week two, the decisions in week two were just as bad as some of the decision-making in week one. And his team leads the NFL in penalties. Right now, it, it's way too early to say, you know, whether or not Hackett's going to work out. But this is one of the worst starts that we can remember to a coaching staff in terms of just the stuff that's obviously decision-making for, for, for coaches. And by the way, did you, I don't know if I'm sure you guys didn't notice. Why would you, you know, it's coaching staff is filled with inexperienced coaches. Mm -hmm. A lot of times your first year coaches build, you know, they want to build up equity and veteran coaches around them that can help you 
with like clock management, key decisions, big moments. He doesn't have that support system at all. Yep. Anyway, uh, Wilson, go ahead. Wilson's just Wilson's been okay. Jerry Judy's going to miss this game, which is unfortunate. Um, and I, you know, I I don't love honestly. I don't love the opponent. San Francisco's played well so far, but they've also seen Geno Smith and Justin Fields, and, t- and so we'll we'll have some level of optimism that. Russell Wilson can uh, can manage to find Cortland Sutton enough to stay viable here. He's my number 15-ranked quarterback. Uh, John says PPR, it's Allen Robinson or Bateman at the wide receiver position. Who would you go? Well, Allen Robinson is just so lightly used in this offense uh, that I, I if you've got other good alternatives, I think you have to go there. And Rashad Bateman had the long touchdown in week one, but on only two catches. But then he had a much better game, 75. I had a 75-yard touchdown last week and had a lot more catches. And so I'm really much more optimistic about Rashad Bateman at this point. Um, it's a fairly tough matchup in terms of the opponent, but nothing that he can't get past here as he takes on New England. They don't have J.C. Jackson as their star cornerback anymore. So, yeah, we'll go to Bateman as the go-to uh, wide receiver in the Ravens' offense. Uh, then real quick, a uh, caller just called in because I know we only got about a minute, but he said Daryl Henderson or Josh Jacobs. Well, Daryl Henderson's bro- locked into this frustrating timeshare with Cam Akers, and they keep giving the ball to Cam Akers to, like, try to, mm-hmm. I don't know, prove a point that he can do okay, but he's been terrible so far. He's averaging two and a half yards per carry. So, you know, but the problem is, he, you know, last week they gave him 15 touches, and that comes out of Henderson's workload. So, we're going to stick with uh, a starting running back in, in in this game, Josh Jacobs, who's about 20 spots higher as he takes on Tennessee, a, a struggling run defense. Always good to talk, and i got to ask you, have you and Roxy ventured out yet in the new RV? We did. We did. Um, How'd you like was, it? There was, there was an adventure. Uh, maybe next week I will tell you about the uh, – the reason for which we were up at 1.30 in the morning on our Uh-oh. first night out in new trailer, camper. Okay. Uh, I can then relay to you the uh, in the story I've told on the air numerous times, the worst experience in my life ever with an RV is when the poop pipe busted on me. So, oh, no. I, I, you know, oh, God, <laughs> no. yeah. oh, yeah, that, that was I couldn't I couldn't shower enough or as often or scrub harder in my life. Oh. But uh, that, that was one of the worst oh. things to ever happen. So I cannot wait to hear it cannot be worse than that, because if it is charge, we need an entire segment just for that. So we'll have I, I you calling on a different day just for yeah. that. Well, let, let, so, uh, we will hit that. I got Chicago coming up now, but we will hit that yeah. next week. And I'll you go tell do you that. what went horribly wrong at one thirty in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully it doesn't involve you and a bear. All right, buddy. You be good. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. <laughs> See you, pal. Paul Charchian. There you go. Joining us for a couple of minutes. Uh, I, you know, RVing and such and boating and such and all that, you know, every now and then something goes wrong. And I always say, oh, you can't wait to get rid of that thing. It's like, no, you just work around it. You improvise, you overcome, you move on. You know, you, you kind of do your thing, but I can't wait for next week now. I'm giddy. And I do have to, uh, I do have to make some changes in my starting lineup because right now um, my team sucks. So they went from number one to the last rated team right now in the league. The average points per week went from 138.94 down to 75, which is me. I'm less than, I'm almost less than half. So I'm, I'm not good. I gotta, I gotta get out of this mess. Uh, let's do this. We're gonna step away, take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? 
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. at Forgotten Fire Winery. I, I tell you this, I, I love it, and I, I tell you all the time that I love it when uh, listeners like yourself do something based upon what it is we state and then try it and go, this was great. Uh, this is uh, from Jim and his wife, Marcy, who said that uh, they went to Forgotten Fire Winery up in Pestigo last weekend. Uh, they did mention our name. They got a nice discount and picked up a bottle of wine, two bottles of wine, but got a bottle of wine on the discount. And said, what a great experience. What great people. They are true Wisconsinites through and through, and I love that. And the fact that they've won awards against the big boys out in Napa Valley makes me smile. Kudos to them, and kudos to you for hooking up with such a great small winery right here in our own backyard. That makes me smile. That just does. I'm so glad that uh, people are recognizing Forgotten Fire Winery up in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. Now, you don't have to go to Peshtigo. If you live in Eau Claire, if you live in Viroqua, if you live up in Wausau, if you live in Tomahawk, if you live in Platteville, Wherever it is you may be, you don't have to worry about going all the way to Peshtigo. You can. It'd be great if you did. But otherwise, just go into your local liquor store, wine store, uh, grocery store, and you can look for it and ask for it by name, ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Great people. Uh, and, and love it that, that, that Jake and Chris and Melissa and, and everybody there, they're just so down to earth and such a fun place to go. And they do music on the weekends and food, and they do a lot of donation stuff. Uh, for a lot of the local charities there. So if, if you haven't gone there already, that's where you got to go. ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. And check them out up in Peshtigo. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to get into our picks. I did them last night. Went through them last night. Uh, but we're going to go picks via the spread. And we're going to get into that coming up here in just a few. So stay tuned for that as well because we've got a lot of good games coming up this weekend i'm i'm excited for this weekend for many different reasons because first and foremost you got one of those rivalry battles now it's not as big as steelers uh ravens but browns and steelers eh, that's that's a good afc north battle right there but then you've got a couple other good ones on the docket this weekend you got the bills and the dolphins that's a good one Obviously, you've got the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the 49ers and the Broncos. You've got a good rivalry battle right there with the Giants hosting the Cowboys coming up on Monday night. I'm anxious to see out West what the Cardinals do at home against the defending champion Rams. So there's a lot of good stuff coming up. And the the Ravens coming off of that embarrassing loss after getting beat by Tua and company at home last weekend and having that that sizable lead only to just pee it, to pee it away. Now they go in to Gillette, and they got to face the New England Patriots and Mac Jones and then the defensive-minded daddy that is Bill Belichick. So there's some good ones this weekend. And I would love to see the Bears fall to the Texans. I would love to see the Texans get their first one of the season and knock off the Bears. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm kind of, eh, I was iffy when I made my pick last night on that. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game as well. And then, you know, the, the finding themselves to be somewhat popular because of hard knocks Lions who are on the road in Minnesota. And then you've got two winless teams. Well, is this finally the first win and more multiple catches rather than just two catches for mediocre under 50 yards for Devontae Adams at the Raiders without a win going to Tennessee without a win? And does Derrick Henry then find, find new life running against that defense? So there's a lot to get to coming up. And then obviously Matt LaFleur coming up after the top of the hour as well. You're going to hear some of his comments from earlier today. But good weekend 
in uh, pro football, obviously college football. I think the game that we're all anticipating coming up on Saturday night, the Badgers on the road, the blackout going on over at the shoe in Columbus, Ohio, is uh, they're going to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. And can they pull off the upset? So, you know, we'll we'll kind of, you know, cross our fingers and, to, you know, say a couple of novenas and see what happens there. And we'll get it. We'll even make that pick and we'll pick a score in that game. I think we should do that, Ben. You want to? Yeah, Make I'm ready for that one as well. We have okay. our show coming up tonight at Monks, and we all all of my picks are very clearly mapped out. My favorite game of the weekend, actually, aside from Wisconsin, undefeated Kansas against undefeated Duke in football. Think about it. Um, I'm trying to find a reason to care. <laughs> it's okay. I can you know? be the only one who cares. Well, Lance yeah. Leopold is a program builder. Kansas right. is actually quite electric. I, 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 let me say this. That's my reason to care about Kansas because I love Lance Leopold. He's, he's, to this day, he's still – we should get him on the program because he texts me all the time. He used – when he was at UW-Whitewater, he just, he, he just kept the tradition going and won titles and then went off to Buffalo. And, boy, talk about a, a team that since he left has gone down the tubes. Buffalo really had some high expectations, and he's, that, that program's gone into the crapper to the point where the fans in Buffalo are screaming for a, a, a new head coach. But he did so much well there and then went on to Kansas and has made Kansas relevant again. So, I, you know, that's my reason to care. Otherwise, I mean, as far as like it being, you know, Big 12 and Kansas Jayhawks, it's never been like this true powerhouse. But I wonder if he can actually turn it into. That would be one hell of an account. Could you imagine? Now, here you go. Think of this for a second. Hang on. Let me throw this out there. For what he's done program to program, the ability to delegate, the ability to recruit, the understanding for what it is he needs to do to get better. I know that Nebraska is calling for Urban Meyer, this big name, big time, Horses ass higher. Can you imagine if they went the opposite to somewhat of a guy that's climbed over the last few years up in the ranks and now he finds himself now recruiting back in this area in the Big Ten with Lance Leipold, who they wouldn't hire, wouldn't talk to after uh, Barry left and then Brett Bielema left. They wouldn't talk to him at UW-Whitewater. But then he climbs his way back into the Big Ten only to become the nemesis in the West to Wisconsin. What a story that would be. I could see it. I mean, he's going to be the big name throughout this entire offseason because he's yeah. a program builder, and that's what Nebraska right. needs. Right. That's what I'm saying. Can you see that? That would be – we should get Lance on the program. I'll text him. I'll, I'll ask him and see if he wants to come on. I'll text him during the break and say, hey, we're interested in the game this week, and let's talk <laughs> see what he says. Or I am. I can't wait for it. Also, does anything come to mind, uh, any emotion? Iowa at Rutgers, the best two punters in the country, the over-under set at 30. I'd rather slam my junk in a car door. (laughs) There you go. Does that explain it? Yeah. I mean, I disagree. I get it, though. Just thought I'd throw it out there. (laughs) Yeah, that, that has no thrill to me. None. (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to college football game this weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't get up for the Hawkeyes Scarlet Knights throwdown, you know? <laughs> so. I will actually be uh, out on the road scouting. I'm going to Michigan this weekend, watching them play really? Maryland at 11 on Saturday. Yeah. That should not be much of a game for Michigan. 
17 point spread. Yeah. Yeah. Not that shouldn't be much of a game other than the fact that, uh, you know, Maryland, you know, has the goofy uniforms that they'll wear every now and then. And then the, the emblazoned helmet that has some kind of, you know, crazy type of medieval knightish patch on the helmet. But beyond that, no, I think that's the Maryland state flag. Yeah. It looks like it belongs back at, you know, like the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> all right, let's do this. Let's get into our picks here at the bottom of the hour. So I, I'm sure you're waiting with bated breath for all of that. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Dwayne at Dwayne's Cover It All. Good people up there. Up in Wausau. And uh, Wisconsin's best canvas provider, whether it's awnings and such out in front of your businesses, maybe a boat cover, a cover for patio furniture, whatever it is you need. He got it. He can do it. Also, uh, when it comes to upholstery, furniture-wise, or, say, uh, like uh, office equipment, office furniture, things like that. Go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All.com. Dwayne's Cover It All.com. D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All.com. All right, Ben Kenny, we got music for this. We do have some music. Ah, nice. Nice. So okay. first, first I Let's think I should update the people and say we are both two and four after two weeks. Uh, we yeah. have gone one and two each time. In other words, we're not doing well. My fantasy team is just hanging on by a thread, and we are not doing well. As long as I'm bad enough so people can make money picking the opposite of what I do, I'll right. be happy. Okay. All right, so we've got uh, we've got some games to pick this weekend. Let's do it. Give me some games. So my first one, I'm addicted to home underdogs this weekend. My first mm-hmm. one is the Cardinals, who have looked quite stinky so far. Kyler Murray bailed him out last week. They're at home catching three and a half against the Rams. And I don't know why it just seems fishy. I'll take a field goal plus at home with Arizona. My. There's some tough ones this weekend, Uh, but the, but the Colts are getting five and a half at home against Kansas city. I think Kansas city wins going away. I'm going to take Kansas city giving the points against the Colts. That's going to be my first pick, my first locket right there, because I think the uh, I think the Chiefs are rolling right now. Next up, all right, I'll keep my same trend: home underdogs. The Tennessee Titans, after a, a weird start, lost to the Giants, blown out against Buffalo. They are at home against the Raiders, catching two. And I, I don't know. I think the Giants are complete frauds. I think the Titans will end up being good. It's just been a weird start to the season, and they're at home. So, again, underdog at home. I'll ride with them. You're taking the Titans to win and... and plus uh, two. 
plus, plus two. two. Uh, I, that was my pick. I'm I'm rolling with you. So we both have that one. Oh, I got to pick something different though. So no, you can take one that picks. one. It just well, might... here you no. Here you go. Let me do because I was going to do the exact same thing. So let me do this instead. I think this is the week that Joe Burrow lights it up, and I think part of me is praying to God he does because he's on my fantasy team. But I, I think the Jets' defense, while it's decent and it, the the team has improved, uh, I'm going to take the Bengals on the road to knock off the Jets, given six. So I'm going to take the Bengals to cover the spread and win outright, knock the Jets off, win by, I'm going to say, 10 or more, and they get a little bit of a breather for their first win of the season. So I'm going to take the Bengals on the road against the Jets. Ooh, road favorites guy. I was going to say, you could do the Titans too, and then everybody will know that the Raiders will probably win and cover because we both (laughs) took the Titans, trying to make the people money. My last one, and this mainly has to do with Aaron Rodgers playing in Florida. It's just one of those betting trends I can't look away from. I don't think we come away from Sunday that discouraged about where the Packers stand, but it's a tough matchup against the Bucs defense. The Bucs with Evans out, they're down to minus one is what I saw today. I'm going to take them. I think they win, but I don't think it's a sky is falling loss for the Packers. It's just a tough spot. Uh, I picked the Packers to lose this game, so I could go in that direction. I could. However, I choose not to. I think Baltimore is going to get a win on the road, giving three. I think the Baltimore wins by a touchdown over the Patriots. I think Baltimore was humiliated. Tua ate them up. They don't have a guy like Tua and Mac Jones, although Mac Jones, Tua, and, and, and Hurts all uh, played at uh, Alabama. Uh, I, I don't think Mac Jones is the same passer that Tua is. And I don't think he's going to, Bill Belichick's going to allow him under the offensive mind, which is more offensive than it is offensive, uh, of Matt Patricia. I'm going to say the Ravens go in and put some smoke to the Patriots, and which would be nice on one hand because it might you know, give us a little insight. Watch that game because the Patriots are next up on the docket at Lambeau Field next weekend. So I'm going to pay attention to that game. That's a noon kickoff on Fox. So, I'm, But I'm going to say the Ravens go in to uh, take on New England, and the Ravens smoke them. By seven or more, I'm going to take the Ravens on the road, giving three. All right. Bill Michaels, lover of road favorites. I'm taking it. Now, here's the next one. Badger game. Give me the score coming up. Blackout at the shoe. Crowd is crazy. A buddy of mine is going. He said, Bill, this is one of the hotter tickets of the season, short of the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game, because the Michigan ticket at the shoe this year is like going for astronomical money. But he said this is one of the games where they think that uh, this could be the team that wins the West. Therefore, they want to beat the hell out of them early in case they face them again in a Big Ten championship game. So they said this is a hot ticket. My question is, how much does Ohio State win by? What is the final? I think Wisconsin covers. They're catching 19 now. Ohio State's going to win. I think they're going to win comfortably. But 19 is just too many points. I I think there's a 14-point difference legitimately between these teams. You factor in two or three because it's on the road. So I'll take Wisconsin plus 19 to lose 31 to 14, I guess. I don't know. It's so tough. I I don't see how they win. Depending on where you look, betonline.ag has them at 18 and a half now. 18 and a half. Um, I am going to boy i see i want to say like you know on the ohio state defense or the uh, wisconsin defense has the ability to kind of stymie 
Ohio State's offense. But my question is, is how many times is Ohio State's offense going to get a shot at the ball? If Graham Mertz can't move the football, if the offense stays stagnant and they can't get it downfield and continually, you know, chew up clock, you're going to give it back to that high-powered offense again and again and again. And how many times can you just hold them off? I just don't know how many times you can hold them off. I'm going to say 30-17. That'll be the final. That's close. Wisconsin covers. Wisconsin covers. 30-17. I don't think Ohio State, now I could be wrong. After what we saw last week, because Ohio State just absolutely put the domination 77-21 on Toledo. But I don't think they are that kind of strong. Uh, so I'm going to say 30-17, Ohio State gets the win. Wisconsin covers, but still leaves a lot of a lot of work yet to be done. So it's not, we, a bad, not a bad day at the office, though. Yeah, I think we'll come away maybe not end of the world. Kind of like if the Packers lose... We're talking a lot about the Bucks injury situation. Ohio State is quite banged up at the wide receiver position. Now, some mm-hmm. of it was they held him out against Toledo due to caution, where they played right. sparingly. Uh, but Ryan Day said today he is expecting receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, former Heisman candidate who probably won't win it now, but future top 10 pick, and also Julian Fleming to be full go against the Badgers. So uh, the health news, not great. Also, Riley Mallman, Wisconsin right tackle, is out. Here's my thought. Who, with the, the spread only being a point-and-a-half difference, uh, Michigan favored at home by 17 over Maryland, Ohio State favored at home by 18-and-a-half over Wisconsin. Who has the larger margin of victory this weekend? Oh, I think it's Michigan. I think Michigan's really, really good. And Harbaugh likes Michigan to— Michigan absolutely drills Maryland? Maryland can play defense, and they can play defense in the Big Ten. And Michigan finally has a quarterback that can legitimately stretch the field and win games with his arm. Harbaugh likes to run it up, too. So I, I think Michigan wins by, I don't know, 25-30. Meanwhile, Wisconsin might muck it up enough to keep it respectable, keep it close. Here's my other dark horse pick. If you're going go to the, uh, go to the bookie this weekend, I'm taking Kent State in the 45. Against Kent two. State plays Georgia. Oh, Georgia is a forty-five point spread favorite. I'm taking Kent Kent State and the and the points. Very rarely does a team get up by more than forty-five and still have the dogs going. So a forty-five point spread, one of the largest I've seen in a while. Because you don't see anything over over 30 very often, much less 45. I'm taking Kent State in the points. Oh, Michigan was like 50-point favorites against Hawaii and covered yeah. easily. Uh, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not betting my house on it by any stretch of the imagination. But you don't see spreads like that often. You see maybe one a week, but it's very rare that those, e- even games with bad teams, with, you know, uh, you don't see it that big that often anything over 40 is pretty astronomical so i'm taking kent state and the points i'd throw a couple bucks down on that i would take georgia for pride they could win by 200 if they wanted to the key is will they they? could i agree the question then becomes though does georgia do it it is the i can't answer it but i don't know you know yeah i've seen i mean wisconsin caught 37 and they won by what 59 
Michigan is catching 50 in all these out-of-conference games. They run the, they run the score all yeah. the way up. I think Kirby Smart is respectable in the SEC. Like They could have right? beat South Carolina by 60 last week, but Kirby Smart was saying. a good guy about it. And out of There's conference, some guys though, that are know. good guys about it that just don't do it. They don't bring you in to humili- humiliate you. They're playing in Georgia. So you're, you're going to have everything going in your direction. Sometimes those games with decent coaches where they, you know, and believe me, the coaches know the spreads. They know the spread. I mean, hell, Notre Dame used it. They pinned it up in their locker room when they faced off against Ohio State and said they were being disrespected only to watch that team, you know, fritter away everything since then. So, I, you know, <laughs> I by no stretch uh, the imagination think that coaches don't give a damn about the spread. I think they do. But if you are humiliating a team, do you continue to run the score up? Or do you tell your guys, you can't tell your guys to go out and take it easy. You just kind of call plays and call certain things just to work on things. You're out there to work on stuff at that point. You're not really doing it to drive it down their throats. You're wanting to see success, but you're wanting to see success in moderation. And there's certain guys that want to run it up because they want to run it up for stature. There's other guys that they know how good they are. And, and let's face it, Georgia's ranked as the number one team in the country. What do they have to prove? That, oh, God, we only got to win, win by 40 over Kent State? Oh, oh well? <laughs> Come on. Like, like suddenly they're going to fall in the, in, the, in the rankings because of it? I think, uh, I think uh, that might be one of those safer bets. By the way, Rick says uh, Ohio State 42 to 9 over Ohio State. And uh, and John says, uh, you know, Ohio State's going to win easily by double digits. Well, it's whether or not they win by 18 and a half or more. And then uh, 28-17 from Jason, who said that's the final score, no faith in Wisconsin. So, anyway, there you go. That's our picks. Run to the bank, hide your money, because you're probably going to lose it. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers practice in pads, getting ready to face the 2-0 Buccaneers. Tampa won both of their first two games on the road against the Cowboys and the Saints, led not by Tom Brady, but their defense. Packers running back, A.J. Dillon. You know, we got a defense we're going up against with a lot of pro bowlers, a lot of high-caliber guys, Super Bowl contending team uh, the last couple of years, at least every year that I've been in the league. And, uh, you know, you definitely got to, you know, bring your A game, study the game plan and get ready but they also uh, swarm to the ball and they're very uh they have that attacking mind to like getting the ball out getting turnovers pretty sure they're like tied in second and turn or takeaways or something like that so um, they do a really good job of that so you know ball security is definitely something that you know we're uh kind of like focusing on the Packers David Bakhtiari did not practice again yesterday Matt LaFleur asked if there's any way the left tackle could play this Sunday in Tampa I have no idea again we're going to take it one day at a time and um we'll see where we're at at you know on Sunday I just I don't even let my mind go there at this point, the Packers have lost to the Buccaneers twice since LaFleur took over. Tom Brady's apparently lost some weight and has had some personal struggles at home since changing his mind about retiring from football. You now, everyone's got different situations they're dealing with, so we all have really unique challenges to our life. And, uh, you know, we're, I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on. So, you know, you just kind of try to figure out life the best you can. And, you know, it's a, uh, 
continuous process. Aaron Rodgers says he's been friends with Brady for nearly a decade, meeting every year at the Kentucky Derby. What did the two talk about? Uh, It's a lot of football with Tommy, a lot of non-football with me, so we balance each other out well. That's Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Flooring done right, providing Wisconsin home and business owners epoxy flooring coating services. Reasonable prices, top quality workmanship. You can do it in different colors, different finishes, just like I did in the gym downstairs. They can even paint for you as well. So uh, they're located right in here in Wisconsin, from Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison, everywhere in between. EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That is EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Or call them. 262-443-2852. Call Sean over there. 262-443-2852. Um, well, you got some, uh, you know, the entirety of the Packers wide receiver group. Romeo Dubs, Amari Rogers, Amari Torrey, Juwan Winfrey on the practice squad, and Travis Fulgham re-signed to the practice squad. The whole group all healthy out there today. For the Packers' top receivers, uh, though, uh, while they're healthy, they're not practicing. Uh, because they are, I shouldn't say while they're healthy, while they're, they're not out, they're not practicing. Lazard's got that ankle. So they're giving him the extra rest. Christian Watson nursing the hamstring. Sammy Watkins has one as well. Randall Cobb still out because of illness and all of them, but Cobb practiced yesterday. So what it is, uh, oh, and by the way, the breaking news of the day, David Bakhtiari is back practicing today. He is back practicing today. Just an FYI. So the whole discussion we had earlier this morning, if indeed he comes back, and and the rumor was, between you, me, and the fence post, the rumor was when we were up there this past weekend at Lambeau was that Bakhtiari was going to be ready for the Tampa Bay game. And then when he didn't practice on Thursday and then practiced on Friday and didn't practice again yesterday, we thought, okay, maybe, the you know, because Matt LaFleur had stated regarding David Bakhtiari's absence from practice yesterday, he said that they're trying to figure out what works best for him and the team to try to him try to get him back as soon as we can. So, in other words, you know, like yesterday, we don't know. We don't know. Got to talk to the doctors. We don't know. You know, which left a lot of, you know, question marks hanging out there in outer space. Today, he's back. And today, rather than say, you know, hey, you know, we don't know. We're waiting to see. This was, we're trying to get him back as soon as we can. In other words, we're going to get him back. We're just trying to get him back as soon as we can. So yesterday was a padded practice. Maybe they just won't, didn't want him to partake in that, which I think is a little odd because he's going to have to strap the pads on at some point. But today, back at practice. Today, they're not in pads. Today is uh, shorts, uh, helmets. Uh, I don't think it's shoulder pads. I don't know. I think it's just shorts, helmets, and jerseys. Uh, but ne- uh, nevertheless, um, so that's going on. So the good news there, which makes pretty much our earlier discussion completely moot, is that David Bakhtiari is back at practice today. So there you go. Also going to talk with, talk with Mark Daniels, uh, also in Green Bay, coming up after the, the top of the hour. Uh, John Runyon, Jr., of the Green Bay Packers said, quote, my dad's doing his job. 
It was a lapse of lapse of judgment on the field, and sometimes that stuff happens. There's a whole conspiracy theory going down, and it's not true. That's just how it goes. You can't be running 15 yards trying to headhunt somebody when the play's over. It's funny, though, how stuff works out sometimes because John Runyon Sr. is on uh, part of that disciplinary committee for the NFL who suspended Mike Evans, the wideout, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His son plays for the Green Bay Packers, who, as we all know, are playing the Buccaneers this weekend. But uh, they continue to kind of fend off the conspiracy theories. How about that? Mark Daniels coming up next after that. Matt LaFleur and some of him, his comments from earlier today. But uh, the big news of the day is the fact that, yes, David Bakhtiari is back on the practice field. There you go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Another hour yet to go right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 